I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining me on Diving Deep EDU. This podcast is based in conversations that are willing to go off on a rabbit trail or two in order to find those aha moments. Those times when someone is able to say something in a way that brings increased clarity. Now, I'm an educator, so much of our conversations will have that as the end goal. How can the things that we are talking about help us to dive deeper into educational practices. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest is John Smith. John is a former teacher and tech integrator. He is a speaker, college professor, auto detailer, golfer, and he helps teachers succeed using Book Creator. John, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is good. I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation and to learn more about you, book creator, education. Um, so you currently work at Book Creator, but you also have an education background. Let's start with that. Let's start with your education experiences. What were some of those? So I uh, actually grew up in a family of educators. My dad was a music teacher for his entire career. Uh, my mom started out preschool, kindergarten. Uh, and then she went to work for a nonprofit. But even then, she helped my dad, uh, you know, play in uh, the piano for his choirs. Uh, so, I mean, I've been in the classroom from about the time I was one <laughs> until, you know, forever. Right. So I've been it's been part of me for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I went to actually went to college for to be a psychology major and uh, was watching Kindergarten Cop one night. And, uh, you know, I was watching it and I was like, you know what, I like helping people and I, you know, I'm going to change my major. And so that next day I went and changed my major and decided I wanted to be kindergarten cop. And, uh, I wasn't, I didn't want to teach kindergarten. I didn't want to be a cop, but I wanted to, I wanted to be like that. So hmm. I changed my major and, and, and kind of never looked back. I, uh, taught special ed for 12 years. I was a, a technology integration specialist for seven and like you said, now I'm working as the teacher success manager here at Book Creator. So I get to spend lots of time with teachers and uh, uh, trying to help them use Book Creator. So were both of your parents music teachers or, or just one? So my dad was a music teacher um, and then my mom just played piano for him. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, but she, I mean, she worked as a preschool teacher, kindergarten teacher for a little while, but then she went on to nonprofit and I right. uh, worked work for the American Heart Association for many, many years. Uh, did you pick up any musical talents from your parents? Um, my dad thinks I know how to sing. I don't. Uh, I don't particularly enjoy singing uh, in front of people. Um, but I do play the trombone. So I uh, played trombone from about fifth grade through uh, college, even a little after college, played a couple bands here and there. But uh, yeah, I haven't touched it in a couple of years. I, okay. I'm ashamed to say that, but... 
I do still know how to hold it. So that's that's a good thing. So thinking about your time in education, thinking back, what are some experiences or what are some memories that remain imprinted in your mind? Oh, gosh. You know, I think I, I can think of I can think of three, <laughs> I think, that, that really kind of stand out to me. One was was when I first started teaching. And I look back at that and I'm glad that I don't have any videos of myself. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, I, I think I was probably pretty bad. Um, I like to yell a lot. Like it wasn't good, right? <laughs> it just wasn't, wasn't a good thing at all. Um, now my wife would disagree with me. She says she thinks I'm a pretty good teacher, but I, I, I didn't think that um, at the time. I didn't think it was all that good, right? I think that that was a. Uh, it, it was just a time where I was trying to feel things out. You know, as a new teacher, um, you know, almost 20 years ago, trying to figure out what to do and what what was that right that right, that right move for me. Um, and then the move kind of shifted when, um, I guess it sounds crazy, but it shifted when I found book creator. And, uh, for the first time, like I realized that I could take my students work that was total garbage and, and publish it in a book and, and send it out there for the whole world to see. And my kids were kind of like, well, why would we do that? You told us our writing is garbage. And I was like, what is? And, and they were like, well, if we're going to make a book for the world, don't you think we ought to make it good? And so at that moment, like I realized that we don't need to be like sucking down all these worksheets all the time and that we could create something meaningful and send it out there. And that would totally get the kids involved in the learning process. And so for me, that was a big shift, you know, just getting away from worksheets and trying to find ways to engage kids and, and, and create uh, with them. You know, and, and so I think it was powerful. Um, and then it, that also, that whole idea of, of publishing student work and, um, you know, creating led me to this belief that a lot of kids, they don't necessarily like school because the work that they do is given only to their teacher. And a lot of times I don't, I don't want to grade it. I didn't, I didn't want to read their stuff a lot of the times because it was so bad, but when they publish work out there for the whole world, the world isn't getting paid to read their stuff. The world isn't getting paid to leave comments or grades or things like that. And I think that's why like YouTube and podcasting and you know, TikTok and all that stuff is super popular is because these kids want feedback, even if it's negative. <laughs> they want it from other people. They just don't want it from their teachers. And so that was a, those, those were the big, big shifts in my, my mindset as I was going through education is that we needed to create more. We needed to put stuff out there for other people to to to, to view, um, and and that would help. I want to pause and ask you this now. What does okay thinking about book creator or even separate from that, right? What does students creating or how does students creating and publishing help build their agency? So to me, you know, when students, if I hand a student a worksheet, there, there's no ownership in that whatsoever. It's somebody else made it. A lot of times teachers don't even know who made it. It was just some worksheet they found and they wanted to use. And it went along with their subject area. But there's absolutely no ownership from the student at that point. The, but when you create something and you're getting kids making something from scratch, whether it's a book or you know, whether they're 3D printing something or whatever, it doesn't matter. When they are creating, then it gives them the ownership of what it looks like. It gives them the ownership when things go wrong. It gives them the ownership when things go right. 
it's it's totally on them. And when you when you have that ownership, it's total engagement because it's 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 mine. I get it. It's all mine. And and what does them publishing uh, do for that process? And so for me, the, the the publishing piece, and I think also for my students, the being able to put that work out there to say I'm an official published author. Uh, now other people can check out my stuff. They can look at it in the, at the time in the Apple Bookstore, or now they can look at it online uh, through a link. You know that 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 publishing aspect makes it a little bit more real. It doesn't just get graded by the teacher, stuffed in my backpack, and sent home to never be seen again. It's it's out there, and now people all over the world can can leave feedback for it. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I know it's very difficult to teach a student or to teach anyone about audience, right? Like, who are you writing this for? And I'm right. sure uh, I'm sure this helps, right? The the publishing of it helps the student understand like who they're writing it for. Have you seen that to be true? Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I think even with my students, you know, having this idea of like. You know, are we writing it for adults? Are we writing it for mm-hmm. other students? Are we writing it as an information piece? You know, whatever is still, it's still somewhat of a difficult concept because mm-hmm. you know a lot of kids still don't even realize that there's something out there beyond like their own school or beyond their own city. Um, this helps with that as well. Uh, but but being able to say to somebody that I'm a published author that I've mm-hmm. gotten it out there is just tremendous. And again, it just helps with all of that engagement. So you're telling a student, okay, we're going to do an assignment. You know, you're going to write for, you know, older people in middle America and Mm -hmm. the student's writing to it, but it still feels fake unless they're actually writing for those people. It's like, so they know it's a game, you know, they know, okay, I just got to play this game, this education game. And it's, it's not real. And those students, you know, most likely are going to be not engaged in that and they're not going to take ownership of that. And I do want to circle back and talk um, more about Book Creator and and some of these uh, essential components that, again, you know, we can translate to other areas as well. But we have to talk about car detail. Um, so it appears, uh, John, uh, that you might have an obsession with cleanliness and how it relates to cars. So even a recent tweet that you made, it said you were cleaning your shop vac, which you use to clean cars. So that obsession seems to be growing. Are you seeking help for this? Uh, I am not seeking help for this. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy it. Uh, and, and I would say that the, the cleanliness aspect of that is really only isolated to vehicles. <laughs> like, my wife, would say, she would laugh if she was listening to this right now. Because she was like, he's not that clean. What is he talking about? Um, but it, it really only translates to vehicles. Um, and it's really kind of just a, an interesting story because yeah. like, I was always the guy that, you know, I had a, a, my, one of my, my first car that I bought that was new, right? It was a 99 Hyundai Elantra. And um, I love that car. But and, and when I went to clean it, you know, it was like dish soap and a bath towel. Like that was it. And you know, like I was just like, why are all these swirl marks on my car? Right. And I had no knowledge of any of this. And I just really didn't even care. Like it was like, you know, cleaning a car was something that you did once or twice every, you know, couple of months. And then you went to the gas station, you got the little fry guys drop down on your car and sweep off the dirt. And that was it. Right. That was all they cared about. But it, and it really didn't even change. Like, I mean, I had a couple of nice new cars after that. And the whole thing never really made any difference to me whatsoever. 
And then I remember like there was one moment where in the town I live, there's an auto detailer and we drove by this guy's house probably a hundred times, right? A month. And so one day um, I did get, I, I did get another new vehicle and my wife was like, you know what? We ought to really just get it clean, you know, really nice. Let's, let's go to this guy down the street. And I said, okay. And so we took it there and, you know, the guy had it for like three days and I think I spent like 350 bucks, 400 bucks to get it detailed. And it looked miraculous, right? I mean, the guy was a wizard and I, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was cleaner than the day I bought it. It was amazing. And I told my wife, I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my car done. Maybe a couple times a year from this guy. But in between, I didn't really care, right? I was just going to do my thing. And so then, and this is kind of like the sad turn of the story, but like, so it, there was a uh, a day in Ohio where it was like early spring and for the whole week, it was like 75 degrees out. And on a Friday morning, it we had black ice. Um, and I remember going to work. I got there and I was getting ready to do a training with some teachers and my phone rings and I didn't recognize the number. So I just ignored it. Well, then the phone, call, it, they called back and i was like well i better pick this up you know they're calling me again so i told everybody out there the teacher's like hang on a second i can answer this real quick because nobody ever calls me twice right and and so i pick up the phone and i'm like hello and she goes is this john smith and i said yeah and she goes uh hi my name is sarah or whatever she's like you don't know me but i'm i'm here with your wife she's upside down in the car (laughs) and i was like wait what and so luckily my wife and the kids were fine everything was fine but she hit a patch of black ice ended up flipping the car and so she's freaking out you know obviously after all this is all done everybody's fine everything was okay but she's freaking out because she's like you know this is my car it was a 2006 toyota corolla and she's like it's 10 years old it's got 150,000 miles on it it's totaled we're gonna get nothing for this car and and i was like it's okay you know we'll find another car everything's gonna be fine and, and so I remember getting a check in the mail from my insurance company and I was, I was kind of dreading opening it. Right. Cause I was like, they're going to give me like $10 for the car. <laughs> and I opened the check and it's like 7,000 bucks. And, and I was shocked. And I was like, why in the world would they give me $7,000? And so I called my insurance company. I was like, listen, I don't, I don't mean to look a gift horse in the mouth here, but why? <laughs> because I don't want to deposit this money and spend it. And then you come back saying it was a mistake and we want it back. Right. Like I was like, you tell, tell me this is for real. And the guy goes, he goes, no, it's for real. He goes, listen, when we total cars, what we do is we pay you for every part of the car. And he goes, no joke. Your wife's car was the cleanest totaled vehicle we've ever seen in our entire life. Hmm. And, and so they're like, so based on the value of the way your wife kept her car clean, this is what we're going to give you. And I was shocked. Like, and at that moment it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I need to take better care of my cars. And so, you know, like we have the shot back in the garage. Every time we come home, sweep out the car, you know, every time I see like little smudges on door handles and stuff like that, I just try to keep it as clean as possible and nice as possible. Mm. And so, um, so one night I, I decided that part of it was cause I wanted to save money and not, uh, not go to the detail guy and spend, you know, a thousand bucks a year on my car. But part of it was because I was just fascinated with it. I got online and I found this was like late. It was like two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. I think my wife fell asleep on a couch next to me. And I was just like, now what do I do? (laughs) Right. And so 
I ended up going online and looking for an online auto detail course. And I watched a bunch of videos, took the test, got certified, got some little plaques sent to me in the mail. It was so cheesy, right? But I learned a ton about detailing cars. And so I just started doing my wife's cars and my cars and just trying to keep things as clean as possible and, and practicing along the way and trying new things. And it, it got to a point now where my, like my neighbors are coming to me and they're, and they're like, hey, can you clean my car this weekend? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and they're paying me decent money to clean their cars. So um, it was just, uh, it was just kind of, like I said, it was kind of a weird way that this whole thing came about. Um, but now I really enjoy it and, and people enjoy their clean cars. And I think you, you feel better when you get into a car that's clean and, uh, you know, you just enjoy driving, enjoy doing what you do. So hmm. that's kind of how it all came to be. Yeah. What a, what a fascinating story. And as, as you think back, I'm sure even now talking about it, you're probably just immensely grateful, you know, thinking about your family being okay in that upside down car. I mean, I can only imagine that moment and, and what you were feeling and thinking. Yeah. It was, and it was crazy. Um, yeah. It was one of those ones where like my wife, you know, she obviously was upset, couldn't exactly tell me where they were. So I pulled up mm -hmm. my, my iPhone and said, you know, pulled up my wife's phone and said, take me there with the directions. And, and so as the, the, the GPS actually had it wrong the first time I put it in. And so I'm driving down the road and it's like, you have arrived. And I'm like, there's nobody here. Like, where is it? So I put it in again and had me go a different direction. Yeah, come around the corner and see your wife's car on its roof. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's unnerving, right? Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like, wow. The, my son, he teases, he still jokes about it though, because he was using my wife's phone. He was playing something on the phone. I don't even know what it was, but he was so engrossed in whatever he was doing. He didn't realize the car was upside down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she looked back, my wife looked back and was like, James, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, why? <laughs> and she's like, uh, we're upside down. <laughs> he's like, oh, so. Yeah, he, he was engaged in whatever he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can make a couple uh, converts to our listeners. So I have a couple of questions uh, for you. So thinking about the inside of the car, right? It seems like no matter what I do, now we don't have to go in too much detail, but maybe, you know, just a quick, some quick guidance. No matter what I do, it seems like that dirt, that stuff is always there. What, what can we do to resolve that issue? Is there a technique? Is there equipment? I know there's a lot of uh, skill and practice and time but I don't know if there's some insight you could share with us. I think, I think one of the things is trying to stay on top of it before it gets too bad, right? Because a lot of times, um, I, even myself, I'll look at my car and I'll see like just some dust or something. And I'm like, ah, I'll get it next time. Well, the next <laughs> time that dust is like even more, right? And then it's like, nah, it's just dust. I'll get it next time. Pretty soon, you got a three-hour inside cleaning job, right, on your car. So, um, like the other day, well, yesterday we were, we were, I don't know where we were exactly, but my wife ran into a store real quick and we're sitting outside and I have a bottle of like cleaner in my glove box and a towel. And I'm just sitting there, I was like, oh, I see some dust and I'm just wiping it down as I'm waiting, right? Like it's, it sounds obnoxious and crazy, but if I try to keep ahead of it, then things tend to work out pretty good. Um, but my back is my best friend now too, with, in terms of cleaning. Cause I had a, I used a Dyson for many years and I didn't realize what I was missing until I got a shop vac and man alive, that thing makes cleaning insides way better. Okay. So a shop vac is actually better than a Dyson and what, what brand shop vac do you use? Actually I use a, I use a rigid, uh, shop okay. right now. And, and yeah, I, it, 
one, I don't have to run out of battery. So my Dyson mm. can run out of battery. Um, but this thing, the, the suction power on it's really powerful. So, um, okay. yeah, but, but Just, you know, the other thing too, I want to say about this whole detailing thing, cause I think some people right now are like, what am I listening to? Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to say though, is this is the world that we're in right now. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just quickly tie it to education, then you can go back yeah. to you know, the car question. But like the the fact that I sat there and got online and learned how to be an auto detailer on a Saturday night is something we couldn't have done 20 years ago. And so kids can learn anything they want. They can learn it wherever they want and whenever they want. And it's just really awesome to think that everybody, all kids, have that kind of power. All adults have that kind of power to to learn things and change their mindset and switch their thought processes just like that. Um, it just takes a little bit of uh, want, you know, a little desire to, to actually want to do that. Yeah. That jumped out to me, you know, as you're talking, you're watching these videos. And, and another thing that jumped out to me was how it connects with agency, right? You wanted to do it. So you did it. And there were resources out there that wouldn't have been out there a while ago. And, and that is fascinating, you know, to try to, well, not to try to, but to actually connect that to education. And I think, you know, there's a lot of real connections. And that's that's one of the reasons, you know, why I think it's, you know, worthwhile to have this conversation, because I do think those connections, I hope, are sort of jumping out to, to our listeners, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we're talking about something you're interested in and, and how you sort of uh, develop that, you know, and, and that is, you know, that's that is helpful. I want to. I, I do have another question. Uh, the outside of the car is, is a big debate. You know, do we need to actually use wax, or is washing it good enough? So there's a there's a guy that I watch on um, YouTube. Uh, his name's Larry Cosilla, and he runs a company called Ammo, and um, it's a car care company. And watching his videos is fascinating. And he talks about the paint on your car kind of like skin. And so the whole idea is that you want to take care of your skin. If you don't, your skin's going to dry out. It'll get sunburned, right? There's so many different things that can go wrong, right? So his, uh, his whole idea is clean the car, drive it. Don't, don't park it in your garage and never touch it, right? Drive your car, enjoy it, but take care of it. And, and so his products that he uses all, they all kind of layer, right? So there's one that's kind of like your lotion for your skin. There's one that's kind of like the sunblock for your skin. And then, you know, obviously there's different types of waxes and things like that. So yeah, I think it's important because it just gives that one extra layer of protection that's going to help your car, you know, um, be protected against, you know, bugs and rocks and chips and, you know, anything, uh, you know, acid rain, whatever. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that it's important. Um, I will say that the one, the one thing I had done with my car that has made a huge difference was I had it ceramic coated and that's like the newest thing in, in car care is ceramic coating your car. And it was expensive, but now washing the car is even easier. And I can totally tell when I wash somebody's car, that's not been ceramic coated because it just feels weird right? Like it just doesn't, it feels grimy. This, even after you clean it, you can run your hand over it and it still kind of feels like sandpaper right over top of the car. But when it's ceramic coated, it's just so nice and the water just rolls right off of it. Um, it's really nice. So, but yes, whether it's a ceramic coating, which is super expensive or, you know, a wax that you're going to put on every couple months or something, definitely put something on your car because it will help in the long run. Yeah. That, that skincare analogy is, is super helpful. Um, 
the ceramic coating, is that usually done by a body shop? And I know you said it's expensive, but about how much is that going to run? Yeah, it just depends. Um, so the guy that I know down the street that detailed my car the very first time, I took my car to him to get ceramic coated. And for my truck, it costs like a thousand bucks to do it. So okay. it's not cheap. Um, yeah. But like I said, it was a five-year coating. So hopefully it'll keep things you know, nice for you know, a good long while. And then uh, before we get it put back on again or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, so you usually got to take it somebody who's certified to do that. Okay. Something I'm not in there yet. haven't figured that out yet, but maybe one of these days. Yeah, definitely. A couple more uh, YouTube videos and, uh, you know, a little bit more agency. And, uh, and yeah, you know, you'll, you'll be there. Um, we, we need to circle back to Book Creator. Uh, you know, we've alluded to it. And, uh, and I just realized, you know what? We have never even defined what Book Creator is. I just sort of assume people use it because I use it all the time. I love it. It's a great tool. So let's, let's spend a little bit of time talking about Book Creator. And uh, if you could launch us off with that, just tell our listeners, what is Book Creator? Yeah. So I think if you, you, know, if you go to our website and you look at Book Creator, you know, on the surface, uh, Book Creator is a digital bookmaking tool. And that's pretty much what it says, right? And everybody's kind of like, oh, cool. Um, but I always laugh because the worst part, I think, about our company is the name. Because usually when you say books, that's when the math and science teachers are like, peace out. We don't do books, right? We do math and science. And, and so there's just so much more to it. Um, and so a digital book could be a portfolio. It could be a journal. It could be uh, a yearbook. It could be comics. It could be... Um, pretty much anything you want. And, and that's what I like most about book creators because in a simple format that kids from kindergarten through whatever, any age can figure out relatively quickly, you can make a digital artifact of your learning. Um, and like I said, we just happen to call it a book, right? But it could be a lot more. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's really, really easy. Uh, as a tech integrator, I found that you know, teachers who are, you know, reluctant to use technology, uh, teachers who are like, you're lucky that I'm checking my email, right? Don't ask me to do anything else. You're lucky I got the email open. Um, they're finding out that Book Creator is easy to use and they are enjoying using it. And so it, it helps them move their process forward in thinking that, yep, technology isn't bad. I can do really cool things with it. What makes Book Creator unique? There's a ton of, you know, tools out there, different platforms, different software, different apps. What makes Book Creator unique? Um, I think there's a couple of things that really make it unique. One is the ease of use. Um, I mentioned it already, but it, uh, to me, it's so powerful because learn the, you know, learning the tool doesn't get in the way. Um, I, I've learned lots of tools over the years, and there's some of them that are just fantastic, but you have to spend two, three hours trying to figure out how to get it all to work. Um, and like I said, I can get Book Creator up and running with some kids in kindergarten in about 10 minutes, you know, or less. Um, so I always tease teachers and say, I don't teach students how to use Book Creator. I teach teachers how to use Book Creator, <laughs> right? Um, and, and kids will figure it out, like I said, in about 10 minutes flat. Um, but it's, you know, that's one. I think the ease of use is is one that is, is very powerful. The fact that you can import so many different things in Book Creator, I think, is powerful. So you can bring in photos, you can bring in video, you can bring in audio. Uh, we could take this podcast and we could upload this podcast into a page in Book Creator and then add other graphics and other cool things around it and 
and just say, look, here's an artifact of my learning. It's this podcast that we made. Listen to it while you're reading through my, my book. Um, mm -hmm. I think another thing that's really powerful are the accessibility options. So in Book Creator, uh, you know, we really, uh, like in the last few months, we made 230 accessibility improvements. And most of those are under the hood and nobody will ever see them. But the fact that you can do speech to text in 120 different languages, the fact that you can add captions to any video that you import into Book Creator, um, the fact you can add a transcript um, onto an audio button. My apologies for the, the noise in the background. I don't know if you hear that or not. <laughs> yeah, are, that a drone? It, it, well, we were renovating my house. Um, okay. Yeah, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are helping, and so you got to take the help when you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're putting down flooring, and there's okay. uh, there's no place safe in the house. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to put that on the side there. But uh, but we wanted to import all of those those different types of media and, and, and things like that into a book just makes it like the ultimate compilation of your learning. And um, like I said, some kids may say, well, I'm not real good at writing. That's fine. Use the speech to text. Um, you know, I know you're good at making videos, right? Use, make a video, put it into the book. Um, do all those kinds of things, you know, and make it, make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah, you've alluded to uh, some examples, but I'm wondering if you could give us a couple more to sort of, uh, you know, inspire some of our listeners like, oh, yeah, OK, I could use it that way or I could use it this way or I could use it that way. Could you share a couple examples that you've seen that have really sort of impacted student learning? Yeah, I would, and, and, and some of this, this answer is actually going to come out because of the whole uh, remote learning thing that most teachers are finding themselves in right now because of the virus mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But I have um, a, a teacher, I'm actually going to uh, interview her uh, later this week uh, for one of our webinars. And what she did is she turned Book Creator into a read aloud for her kids. So with the remote learning happening, she read a book. She took the pictures of uh, pages of that book, put it into Book Creator. Now, she did reach out to the author and ask if she could do this, and they told her yes. Okay. She, she, she took pictures of each page of the book, put it into Book Creator, and then added her own little audio button of her voice reading that book for her students. Then she did um, like extension activities inside each page. So it was, I think the, the book was called Over and Under the Snow. And so the first page was talking about the snow being soft and white. And then so underneath that though, instead of just flipping the page and reading the next one, there was a, an extension activity. It's like, have you ever wondered why snow is white? If so, click here. Right, so it turned this this read aloud into an interactive uh, book that helped these students, and I and I just I thought it was a great example um, of ways that we can continue that that learning even in these weird remote learning situations that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, another one, a teacher again in a remote learning situation took Book Creator and put her entire uh, weekly lessons in Book Creator, so the kids would get the book. They would flip to the page and it would say, here's what you need to do for Monday. And there was a read aloud. And then there was a math worksheet that they could use the, the pen tool to answer. Then there was like a drag and drop uh, sorting activity. Uh, then there was like a map activity. And then there was something they could run around and do with their parents. Um, you know, so like I said, it can really be anything. Um, I was going to use it for my grad class to as a uh, almost like a learning management system. And the entire course was going to be in Book Creator. 
And then the teachers were going to complete activities in their own copies of the book. And unfortunately, with the virus, I didn't get it to get to teach that class. But um, there's so much more that, like I said, yearbooks, science journals, creative writing. We've got high school kids writing children's book for younger students. Um, there's just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was on a mission one day. I was talking to a school district, I think, and and it got me thinking. You know, uh, is, is there an area where book creator can't be used? <laughs> and so I, I looked up their district and I looked at their entire organizational structure for this district. And I was like, okay, how can I use book creator in the bus garage? How can I use book creator in the cafeteria? How can I use it in math and science and administration? Um, how can I use it for PD? And I was, I was able to come up with like ways to use it for everything, you know? So like instructional manuals for, for new bus drivers, um, you know, digital lunch menus in, uh, for the cafeteria. I mean, just you name it. Like yeah. I've yet to find a, a way that I can't use Book Creator for something. And thinking about that last example, wouldn't it be great to have the students, right, creating the menus for cafeteria and then their work is sort of up and then everyone's able to see that, you know, that would make that an authentic learning experience. I got to ask, you got to give me a math example because, uh, you know, some math teachers, some of this is is difficult to, you know, relate to. Uh, how could they use Book Creator? So one of the things that I always did with my students is is fight, right, about math. Um <laughs> They, they would hate it. And, and they were like, why do we have to learn this? You know, and for a long time, my response was because you need to, right? Like, you just have to learn this. And, and that didn't fly, right, with the kids. And a lot of times the kids would look at me and they'd say, like, we hate this textbook. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is what we've got, right? You know, this is the textbook I'm supposed to use. We'll find other examples. But generally speaking, this is what we have to use. And I got tired of fighting with them about it. And one day they, they argued about the math book. And I looked at him and I said, listen, if you think you can do better than a multi-million dollar math textbook making company, then you put your money where your mouth is. And so they did. And they ended up making a math textbook. And it was like 27 chapters long. And so in that textbook, the kids were able to um, create their own problems, show us step-by-step written directions on how to solve the problems. And if written directions aren't enough, you put in a screencast at the time we used to explain everything to make screencasts showing how to solve the math problems, put that into the book, then put in interactive quizzes, put in cool photos that help demonstrate the point that you're trying to make. Um, so I think that from a math perspective, it could be, it could be as simple as here's a, uh, a digital version of a worksheet, but there's a little audio button at the top where I can explain how to solve that problem for you in case you get stuck then it could move to kids explaining how they're solving problems because when kids teach it to others, then you know they know it. Right? Mm -hmm. if, if Johnny can teach me how to solve this quadratic equation, then he, he knows how to do it. And so I love Book Creator for that, for that math class because it allows you to get inside that kid's head. Um, you don't just see the problem and see the answer. You can hear their thought process when they're recording themselves talking through it. You can see the thought, thought process when they're making a screencast and putting that video into Book Creator. So there's like, a, I, I just think it, it's a great tool for all kinds of things, but I love it for math um, mm. and anything that requires some kind of explanation, right? Or visual thinking um, to, to hammer home that point. And I do agree with you that, that Book Creator is super easy to use. Um, we did it in some middle school classes. And I mean, 
I probably explained it for like maybe two to three minutes and then the kids took ownership of it and and we were off to the races. So a lot of your time is focused on helping teachers, right? Integrate book creators. So we have some teachers on, you know, listening in the audience and you work with a lot of teachers. What's the one piece of advice that you would tell them with using book creator in their classroom? Oh gosh, I think the one piece of advice I have is just give it a shot. Um, Again, I think, you know, with, with teachers, especially right now, we are beyond stressed, right? We don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know what happened to last year, right? It's just like vanished on everybody. And I think that, um, you know, just giving it a shot is my biggest piece of advice. Uh, you, you can't go wrong if you just try something um, and, and, and see what happens. See, start small, right? Make a, make a book about, uh, about your class. Share it with the kids, see if they enjoy it. And if they do, then we get into a point where we can say, now kids, you're going to make your own. Um, you know, just just give it a whirl. That's that's always my thing. You know, like I could have said the same thing with car washing. Ah, I don't know how to do that. And I'm just going to sit here on the couch and watch a movie at two o'clock in the morning and fall asleep, right? Or, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see what happens. What, what harm can it cause, right? You're not going to break anything, um, you know, just by trying Book Creator. So just give it a go and... Um, and see what you can do. See, make a one-page book. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great advice, John. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a super helpful conversation. Well, and as we get to the end, uh, who do you want to give a shout out to? You know what? Um, I, I have to. I have to. I got. I got two shout outs. Well, one I already gave one. Larry Casilla from Amwell, right? <laughs> some some <laughs> some good stuff there. Uh, I love watching his videos about car cleaning, right? Uh, from a from an educator standpoint, though, uh, I always got to give a big shout out to my my buddy Jason Hubbard, um, who is in uh, Ohio with me. He is a, a STEM teacher, and the dude is a genius. Um, I, I, I just love listening to Jason talk about things and the way his mind works uh, in in terms of like design process and all that stuff. So definitely give a big shout out to Jason. Um, and then I don't know if this is lame or not, but I got to give a shout out to my book creator people because um, the amount of work that can be done uh, by such a small team, I don't think that many people know how big book creator is and we're not. <laughs> so I mean, there's 14 total people in the entire company and we only have like four or five engineers and the amount of work that they can get done. Um, and, and making changes is phenomenal to me. So I really, I really enjoy working with them and I appreciate all of the efforts that they put in there from our support people to our sales team, to the engineers. Uh, it's really just a really tight knit group of people. And, uh, I, and I want to give them a shout out. It's time for the final word. What would you like to say to close out this podcast? Oh gosh, I was thinking about this and like, <laughs> You know, did I want it to be a sentence? Did I want it to be a keynote? Uh, you know, like, what does this look like? And I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to sum this up in about as few sentences as possible. For a long, this is going to sound really weird. For the better part of the last couple of years, I've been fascinated with death. Okay. And not death in like the dead people kind of sense, but death in the classroom. And I think now is a really good time, especially right when we have a fresh start coming up, uh, you know, or it just started, uh, depending on when you hear this, this podcast, uh, 
Um, I think that what's really interesting about this idea, though, is what are the things that we do in our classroom? What are the beliefs that we have? What are the tools that we use? What are the, the teaching styles that we've done that just need to die, right? What are those things that we need to get rid of to make room for something new? And, and so I really just want to, I want everybody to think about that. Like, what are those, what are those things? You know, like it could be, it could be a, a test that I've used for too many years. It could be a style of teaching that I, it could be yelling, right? Like, what is it that, that you just no longer need in your classroom that you want to make, get rid of to make room for something else? That's my, that's my thought. And that's a profound thought to close us on. John, thank you so much for joining me on Diving Deep EDU. I appreciate your time sharing your experiences with even car detailing and book creator and helping us think deeper about education. To those listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Diving Deep EDU. If you like this episode, you need to subscribe, share it out please post a review on Apple Podcasts. All of those things will help get this podcast out to more people. Until next time. Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire. 